0: Hello and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 146. The universe is not your savior. Before I start, I want to say a special happy birthday to my wonderful husband, Rev. I call him Rev and most people call him Reverend Helm or call him William or call him Bill or Billy, whatever y'all call him. I just want to say that God has blessed me to know my husband for 23 years as his wife and 25 years as pastor, friend, confidant, and love of my life. So I just want to say thank you. I know a lot of us want to claim him and say we've known him this amount of time, but the reality is with all of us knowing him, God the Father knows him best. And as the sovereign Lord, he has fashioned him from the day he was in his mother's womb until the time he came, until the time that God will take him home to see what he is proclaiming about his son, Jesus Christ. So the Father is the ultimate love of both of our lives. And I'm just so grateful that he's allowed us to be here on May 24th, 2021, as he celebrates his birthday. Now, a couple of years ago, Rev and I had taught a series called Marriage in the Checkout Line. And it was on our hearts because a lot of married couples and people thinking about getting married found themselves married, but then hitting a lot of obstacles and finding themselves, some people even after 20, 30 years were calling it quits. And so we did this series. Unbeknownst to me, as we were driving home, uh, we heard on the radio about uh, the Oliver couple. And they had started a documentary on OWN, and now you can see it on Hulu, about black love. And so me being the buff, the psychology major in me is still alive and well. I sat down on Friday night and I started looks, listening to some of these, um, basically it's couples from one year to 51 years talking about marriage and things that went on in their marriage very openly. So in the course of listening for hours, because once it started, I was just a sponge. I kept hearing this, this kind of terminology that some of the couples would use and they said, well, the universe brought us together. The universe... Just guided our steps. The universe did this. It was so profound that the universe and God, you know, were doing this, and we just had the great energy. And I kept hearing all of these kind of spiritualist terminologies, things that they're doing now in the world that they don't want to talk about Jesus Christ. They don't want to talk about the Bible. So the prince of this this world has kind of twisted things so that they don't think about the Word of God and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're now talking about the universe. And I got to tell you, there were some beautiful people, caring and loving couples on this this show and this series, this documentary. But the reality is when it comes to the Word of God, these beautiful, caring, sensitive people have become or don't realize that they're ignorant, and deceived and rebellious when it comes to the word of God and what God has proclaimed as his truth. So I thought tonight, I'm going to start to share some of the truth of God's word regarding this lie of the devil about the universe. And in some cases, some of these couples and some of you may know people who think that they are following not God, not religion, not Christ, not the word of God, the Bible. They are following after what's good for them when it comes to the universe. Mother nature, spiritual. I I don't want to talk about terms, they say. I just want to follow what the universe wants for me. Well, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to start at John 1. Tonight, I'm going to use the Living Translation because it's very clear in some areas. And when I want to be more articulate and, and being focused, I may jump to the New King James so that we make sure that we all have the same understanding are our, our one accord when it comes to who God is and who his creation is. And I'm going to give you all the end of the test here. The universe, the solar system, the earth, and everything in it is underneath the almighty God. God has created these things. You don't elevate these things above God. You don't say that as we are all his creation, we all have a soul. Whether we choose to rebel and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord's son and savior, or we reject him, don't get it twisted to hear the lie of the devil to say that you're following after the path of the universe, wherever the universe charts you, wherever things collide because of the universe. It's not about the universe. It's the devil. And you better get some understanding about this now before your eyes close and you go and you have to give an account of your life and your decisions, not because of the universe. Cause if you say the universe did it, God's going to say you're going to hell because you rejected my son. So listen up quickly. We're going to go to John one one, and it says, I'm making this clear, before anything else existed, there was Christ with God. Hear that? Before anything else existed, that's the universe, that's energy, that's the earth, there was Christ with God. He has always been alive and is himself God. He created everything there is the universe is not above God it says Christ Jesus created even the universe everything that is created was created by Jesus Christ It says he created everything there is nothing exists that he didn't make eternal life is in him and this life gives life to all mankind his life is the light that shines through the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So I don't care what decade you thought there were nine planets and now there are eight. And you find out that this place has five solar systems or a hundred solar systems. Or we send a rover or we send this or man jumps here. We go to have people out there in space, whether it's Elon Musk or all these people going to the universe, going to Mars or whatever. None of that is superior to the almighty God. None of it. Let's jump over to Genesis 1.1. We always start at the beginning of the Bible, but I think you have to understand who is in action of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's Christ who created everything. So in Genesis 1.1 it says, When God began creating the heavens and the earth, the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass, with the Spirit of God brooding over the dark vapors. Then God said, let there be light, and light appeared, and God was pleased with it and divided the light from the darkness. He called the light daytime and the darkness nighttime. Together they formed the first day. I'm going to read that same Genesis 1 1 out of the New King James. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, in order for people to say, oh, well, you know, we have the, the different gases and we have big boom, bang theory. And we have all these things as theories. God didn't use theories. He uses eternal divine power to create. And we're going to see a miracle where God is going to throw the periodic table of, of H2O and fruits and fermentation and creation. And he's going to show us something that... As the creator, he can do with the creation as he wants within his power, within the almighty God's power and the Holy Spirit, all of them are one. But you know, we get so full of ourselves like we are right now, that we think everything that we do is so unique and so powerful that why do we need God? He's not as smart as us because we really need to, to change this Bible. It's outdated. He doesn't know anything about the revolution of what we're doing in science and technology. You know, even we're bragging about what we learned about how we got the vaccine so fast, how one person had it in their mind. Guess what? The creation is, is developing things, but God created the creation. Everything that is here, that we think we're doing it for the first time, he already had, we're just figuring it out. Let's go to Job 38 because everybody knows Job, but there's a passage that I love in Job 38 where God kind of sets it straight because a lot of us think we know better than God. But God had to set Job straight when Job wanted to get an answer from God and God had to let the creation us understand. you No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. Who you are versus who he is. Who we are versus who he is. So we're going to read all of Gen- I mean, excuse me, Job chapter 38. And it starts. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Why are you using your ignorance? That's a big word tonight. Ignorance. I want you all to remember it. Why are you using your ignorance to deny my providence? Now get ready to fight. For I'm going to demand some answers from you, and you must reply. See, Job wanted an answer from God, and God said, that's not how it works. And it doesn't work that way for Job, and it doesn't work that way for us. The universe isn't giving you answers. You should be seeking God for answers. But he is not going to be told by any of us. Tell me what's going on, God. Do this for me, God. Give me this, God. That's not how this thing works. And it didn't work for Job, and it won't work that way for us. Verse 4 in Job 38, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Do you know how its dimensions were determined and who did the surveying? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who decreed the boundaries of the seas where they gush from the depths? Who clothed them with clouds and thick darkness and barred them by limiting their shores and said, thus far, no further shall you come. And here you shall proudly waves stop. Have you ever once commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you ever told the daylight to spread to the ends of the earth, to the ends, the night walk wickedness? Have you ever robbed the dawn in red, excuse me, robed the dawn in red and disturbed the haunts of wicked men and stopped the arm raised to strike? Have you explored the springs from which the seas come or walked in the source of their depths? Has the location of the gates of death been revealed to you? Do you realize the extent of the earth? Tell me about it if you know. Where does the light come from, and how do you get there? Or tell me about the darkness. Where does it come from? Can you find its boundaries or go to its source? But of course, you know all this. For you were born before it was all created, and you were so very experienced. Have you visited the treasures of the snow, or seen where hail is made and stored? For I have reserved it for the time when I will need it in war. Where is the path to the distribution point of light? Where is the home to the east wind? Who dug the valleys for the torrents of the the rain? Who laid out the path for the lightning, causing the rain to fall upon the barren deserts so that the the perched and barren ground is satisfied with water and tender grass springs up? Has the rain a father? Where does dew come from? here he goes. He says, who's the mother of ice and frost? For the water changes and turns to ice as hard as rock. Can you hold back the stars? Can you restrain Orion and Pleiades? Can you ensure the proper sequence of the seasons or guide the constellation of the bear with her satellites across the heavens? Do you know the laws of the universe and how the heavens influence the earth? Can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct it? Who gives intuition and instinct? Who is wise enough to number all the clouds? Who can tilt water jars of heaven when everything is dust and clouds? Can you stalk prey like a lioness to satisfy the young lion's appetites? As they lie in their dens or lie and wait in the jungle. Who provides for the ravens when their young cry out to God. As they too struggle up from their nest in hunger. Now he goes on with this list. And you have to imagine when Job gets his turn to speak. And Job says, you got to go to verse uh, chapter 42 and see the end of this story. But Job has to cover his mouth. As some of us have to do. Because we're running our mouth a lot. Now, in the, the miracle I told you about, go to John chapter 2. Because often we hear about the first miracle of Christ. The water being turned to wine. In that story, the mother, the natural mother, Mary, is gone to a wedding with Jesus. And they're both there. And the wine is, is run out. And so she tells Jesus about it, but he said, it's not my time to perform miracles yet. And he was trying to explain to her that it's not her role to tell him what to do. He follows the almighty God, his father's direction, not his natural mother's direction, because she too is a creation of Christ. He used the Holy Spirit to be overshadowing Mary's body. That body didn't need semen or egg. But Christ was born in her body as a divine being, as a baby coming out of her womb. Now, chapter two of John talks about this wedding. Now, I would read the whole thing, but I want to be conscientious of time. But suffice it to say, the wine is run out. So let's jump down to verse four. The Marys asked him to, to tell, well, he's, she's in a subtle way that mothers do to say there's a problem. And she doesn't say, can you do this? But she's insinuating like we do. So verse four, he says, I can't help you now. He said, it isn't yet my time for miracles. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you to. Mama knew that she had just made a request and she knows Christ and she didn't tell him to do it, but she insinuated and Christ has said, it's not my time, but what does Christ do? Cause when she says, whatever he says to do, you do it, just do it. Cause God can overshadow the periodic table. God can do anything. And this is what he shows in his first miracle. Six stones, water pots were standing there. They were used for Jewish ceremonial purposes and held perhaps 20 to 30 gallons each. Then Jesus told the servants to fill them to the brim with water. Now y'all know you scientists, you people who have studied H2O is water. The elements that we drink are water from. You know anything you can go look on Google and you can go to look at any vineyard to show their process for making wine. Wine doesn't start out with just water. Wine uses fruits. And it's a whole process. And there's time. Christ is going to show in this miracle that he's taking the what is an empty container, filling it up with water. And he is miraculously, he didn't go from pot to pot touching something, saying just for what he wanted done. He overshadowed every natural order of how wine is made over the course of seconds not time. So he suspended everything that needed to happen in our natural plane to make wine and not just make any old watery down wine. He made best wine. They said this wine was better than the wine that was made through the natural process. Y'all got to understand these miracles and what God is showing us in the Bible. So you can't tell the creator that he's subservient And we're following after what the universe and what energy does. God is all energy. God is all power and authority. God created the universe and the stars and the sky and the heavens and the planets and the things that you will. We are just trying to, to find our way, experimenting, going up, coming back down, guessing, blowing up because we think we're smart enough to outmaneuver and be smarter than God. But that's our ignorance. Just as Job was ignorant to think he could question God. Why is this happening to me? But look what happens in this miracle. Then Jesus told the servants to fill them to the brim with water. When this was done, he said. He didn't go from pot to pot touching anything. He just said it out of his mouth. Dip some, of, some out and take it to the ma- master of the ceremonies. He just said, did something out. We didn't see how we didn't say we didn't see any process for how that water turned to wine because you didn't need to see it because it was his will that it was going to happen. And it happened because that's the kind of God that we serve. But somehow in the 21st century, we think we're dealing with Freddie Flintstone. We got him subservient to the creation. And that's not how it works. We're not to be serving animals and serving Uh, planets and doing zodiac and all this crazy stuff that we're doing we're supposed to be following after Christ and you see what happens when the master of the ceremonies tasted the water it was water he tasted the water that had been overshadowed and transformed in every miraculous way that he could do it in time in constitution in fermentation everything sweetness, palate, everything. The water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants did, he called the bridegroom over. This is wonderful stuff. He said, you're different from most. Usually a host uses the best wine first, and afterwards when everyone is full, y'all know that means drunk, tipsy, and doesn't care. Then he brings out the less expensive brands, but you've kept the best for the last. Jesus doesn't just do half. When he creates, he creates the best. That's why in Genesis one, it's good. It's very good. That's what they play. That's what they do. It's only us that tries to corrupt things. Let's keep on moving. Let's keep on moving. I want y'all to go to Romans chapter one. In Romans chapter 1, we're getting a lot of things twisted when it comes to all the things of the nature. Even our animals. We got a dog here that's eating like he's a prince. This dog thinks he runs the show at our house. He doesn't. He's an animal. Even my my daughters call him my son. I said he's a dog. I love him. I love him. I love him. Y'all know that. But he's a dog. I ain't worshiping no dog. I'm not putting the animi, animals before God. I can't do this because I got to take care of my pets. I love them so much better than anything in life. Come on, they're animals. You need to love God like you foolishly thinking about the animals and nature and the universe. Let's go to Romans chapter one. Let's start at verse 16. One of the things that I'm going to talk to you all about, and I'm going to be quick. Reverend spoke about it during Sunday. He said there were three kind of crowds that yelled and shouted at Christ we know as he came in for for his triumphant entry into Jerusalem that they were shouting hosanna there were three shouts so the crowd shouted hosanna was praising him you had a, the crowds that were following him after he did miracles and there were shouts you know people were just so excited and happy and pleased So all these people are coming and they're wanting to shout about wanting to get miracles and God help me and all that stuff. But then there was a shout that that we all know about at the crucifixion before they got there, where they shouted to say, crucify him. And I want to say that there is an element of ignorance, shame, and rebellion in all three of those crowds and their shouts. What I'm showing you is that ignorance can get you to believe that you're bigger than God. That the universe is bigger than God. But here we're going to talk about shame because the crowds that were following closely for the miracles, for the food and all that stuff, when it came that he was taken and was going from judgment hall to judgment hall, even his disciples fled, they were ashamed to even profess that they knew Christ. Peter said, hell no, I don't know him. He was ashamed because he feared for his life. And some people don't want to share who they are as Christians before their boyfriends, their girlfriends, their neighbors, their co-workers. Because they're ashamed of who Christ is in public and what people are going to think about him. But the reality is, if you're ashamed before men, God's, God's going to know that. The Father's going to know that you were ashamed of his son before men. And he'll be ashamed of you. When you start to say you want to come into the kingdom, uh-uh. It don't work like that. So let's start at verse 16. Romans chapter 1. For I'm not ashamed. That's what Paul is telling you. He's a prisoner. I'm not ashamed. That's what some of us have to get. Instead of talking foolishness about universe and crystals and energy and oh that spirituality and this and no. All that stuff is not of God. I don't care if Oprah's talking about it. I don't care if the best newscaster's talking about it. All the rich and famous are talking about that universe crap, that energy crap. That is the lie of the devil. And you better get wise to it. That's why I'm teaching. I'm not worried about time tonight because I want you to understand that it's not about the universe leading you in a path. That could be Satan taking you to the path of damnation. You need to know what the truth of God's word is. And it's in the word of God. It's not how the universe is telling you. And a lot of people are using that universe crap and that energy crap to do sinful things and do things that God has called an abomination because it feels good to your flesh. The universe will let you find yourself in hell. Mother nature will let you find yourself in eternal damnation. You need to follow after the wisdom and the word of God. So it says here, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is God's powerful method of bringing all who believe it to heaven. This message was preached first to the Jews alone, but now everyone is invited to come to God in this same way. This good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven, makes us right in God's sight. When we put our faith and trust in Christ to save us, it, we're not putting our faith and trust in the universe. We're not putting our faith and trust in the nature, or mother or otherwise, animals, idol worship, friends, homets, homies, giving and being benevolent, being philanthropists, that doesn't get you into heaven. This good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven, makes us right in God's sight. When we put our faith and trust in Christ to save us, this is accomplished from Start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, the man whose life will find it through trusting God, not trusting the universe. Basic 101. God. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, evil men who push away the truth from them. We have some pushing away. This nonsense that I kept hearing in this documentary was absolute garbage about the universe bringing us together. We had that good, positive energy. Oh, I just felt like the universe was just, that's crap and it's the lie of the devil. And you'll find yourself hooked up with some devils and some demonic activity following after the universe and not knowing what Christ's word tells you. But God always shows his anger in verse 18, Romans 1. From heaven against all sinful evil men who push away the truth from them. For the truth about God is known to them instinctively. God has put this knowledge in their hearts since earliest times men have seen the earth and sky and all God made and have known of his existence and great eternal power. So they will have no excuse when they stand before God at the judgment day. Yes, they knew about him all right, but they wouldn't admit it or worship him or even thank him for all his daily care. And after a while, they began to think up silly ideas of what God was like and what he wanted them to do the result was that their foolish minds became dark and confused. Claiming themselves to be wise without God, they became utter fools instead. And then instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they took wood and stone and made idols for themselves, carving them to look like Mere birds and animals and snake and puny men. Now, we're going to go to two more scriptures and we're going to end. First Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read it from the Living Translation, but then I want to read it from the New Kings James, at least the fifth verse. First Timothy 2 verses 4 through 5 says, For he longs for all to be saved. The almighty God through his son Jesus Christ the good news of Jesus Christ is that he longs for all to be saved for the Holy Spirit to draw that's why all three of them are working together for all of us for he longs for all to be saved and to understand this truth that God is on one side and all the people on the other side and Christ Jesus himself man, is between them to bring them together by giving his life for all mankind. Christ has given his life. But now we're in a period where we believe that time has evolved so much that we don't need salvation. We don't need God. We need more science. We need more understanding of the universe. We need more understanding of energy. We need all of this because we need to find ourselves on the side where we try to save ourselves. That can't happen. That's why I want to read verse. 5 of 2 Timothy 2 in the King James version For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time Now the last scripture is Daniel 12 I'm going to read the whole chapter because this is due time I don't think we understand the demons understand understood and understand now And even when Christ was walking the earth in the physical form before crucifixion. That there is a time coming where God is going to destroy every element of sin and the demonic force that went against him and rebelled. But in addition to the demonic force, God has enlarged hell and the lake of fire for all the people in this natural plane of earth who have rebelled and rejected his son. It says, kiss the son lest he be angry. But the reality is that there will be peoples that will reject Christ even till the end. But I want you to see in Daniel chapter 12, in the last scripture I will read about the due time. And what Daniel was told prophetically. That we have to understand in 2021 and beyond, before the Lord, the Father decides to crack the sky. None of us know when, not even Christ knew. said, the Father knows. But everybody has the opportunity to hear the word of God. That's why you have all of this internet and all these things going on. But guess what? The prince of the air, the satanic forces, are also using these same platforms to spread evil and sin and demonic activity. Just like we, as the body of Christ, are trying to spread the truth of God's word. But look what Daniel chapter 12 reads. At that time, Michael, the mighty angelic prince, who stands guard over your nation will stand up and fight for you in heaven against satanic forces. And there will be a time of anguish for the Jews greater than any previous suffering in Jewish history. And yet every one of your people, whose names are written in the book, will endure it. And many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise, the people of God, shall shine as brightly as the sun's brilliance. And those who turn many to righteousness will glitter like stars forever. But Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal it up so that it will not be understood until the end times when travel and education shall be vastly increased. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two men on each bank of a river, and one of them asked the man in linen robes, who was standing now above the river, how long will it be until all these terrors end? He replied, with both hands lifted to the heaven, taking oath by him who lives forever and ever, that they will not end until three and a half years after the power of God's people has been crushed. I heard what he said, but I didn't understand what he meant. So I said, sir, how will all this finally end? But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I've said is not to be understood until the time of the end. Many shall be purified by great trials and persecutions, but the wicked and none of them will understand. Only those who are willing to learn will know what it means. From that time, the daily sacrifice is taken away and the horrible thing is set up to be worshiped. There will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who will wait and remain until the one hundred and three hundred and thirty-fifth day. But go on now to the end of your life and your rest, for you will rise again and have your full share of those last days. Now, he says something a lot in chapter 12. Only those who are willing to learn will know what it means. Are you willing to learn of God? Are you willing to wait on the Lord? Are you willing to have the Holy Spirit teach you? I'm concerned because our young adults, our older adults, there were people that were in their 50s talking about the universe. People in their 40s talking about energy and the universe, equating it to God. God is not equal to the universe. The universe was a creation of God. Your salvation is not from the universe. Your salvation is from the Lord Jesus Christ. The energy that you seek from the natural plane is not the same energy that the almighty God rose up. There is no energy that will change water to wine. I don't care how many devices we have that can be some wonderful magical printer. That creates things once you put the codes in. You are not creating water to wine. The the, the miracles that Christ does in his creation. Where he knows everything that you read from John, Job, excuse me, 38 through 39. And you read all of the miraculous works that only God can do and only God did. We're not going to be able to do that. No matter how smart, how much money, how much how much we think we will attain, we're never going to equal and understand the things of God. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're as far as the heavens are high. We're not going to reach God's wisdom or his knowledge or his power. We have to share with the children, with the adults who are equating all of this new age lie of the devil It is a lie from the pit of hell that people believe that they can exchange nature and the universe and all of this magical stuff in place of God. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And we have to tell them the truth of God's word and help them understand who God is. There are people that God is drawing now that are in your influence. You just haven't taken the time to ask God, who do you want me to talk to today? Challenge God to say this, God. You guys that say that you love God and you want to share and you just don't know who to talk to, you don't know who to help, you don't know who to be generous to and to be loving to, ask God. God, today, this week, I pray, I'm yielded, I'm surrendered. Put somebody in my path that that you are leading to know who Jesus Christ is. Stop being afraid to open your mouth and ask God and let him lead that person to you. It's not that his word is not true because he says the harvest is ripe, plentiful, but the laborers are few. And that was as true hundreds and thousands of years ago as it is now. The laborers are few. Join the labor force for Jesus Christ to share the good news. It's life or death. It's life or death. And you may be the missing link for how this person that God will bring into your path is going to know Jesus Christ. I love you and Lord willing, I will see you next week. I love my husband. I'm hoping he had a wonderful birthday and thank God that he was allowed to see it this year. Live your life as though today is your last. Make your decisions known to Christ. Because only what you do for Christ will last and he is the eternal father of us all.